This is KJZZ's Sun Up. It is your daily news update from here in Phoenix on our state and region. Hi again, I'm Phil Latzman, and this podcast is a daily digest of the day's events here in Arizona. Welcome to a Wednesday. It is the 8th of February. Thanks for being here, and let's get to it. Well, Arizona's first Latino Republican congressman gave his party's Spanish response to President Biden's State of the Union address. Juan Siscomani won election in the state's 6th district in November, representing much of southeastern Arizona. He spoke about his Mexican-born heritage, his upbringing in Tucson, and why D.C. needed a new perspective. He said the cost of living was out of control and that Biden's policies have hurt families and made the American dream more unattainable. Pero como podemos ver, el presidente Biden y su administración continúan impulsando políticas que lastiman a nuestras familias. Cisco Mani also said Republicans would fight to protect and strengthen Social Security and Medicare and that cuts to those programs would be off the table. Well, yesterday, a bipartisan group of representatives in the state house passed a resolution to waive Arizona's K-12 spending limit for this academic year. From the Education Desk, Bridget Dowd reports the legislature is now a step closer to avoiding $1.4 billion in school budget cuts. Arizona's aggregate expenditure limit puts a cap on how much school districts can spend each year. The legislature made historic investments in K-12 schools last summer, but districts can't use that money unless the cap is lifted. Forty-six representatives voted to pass a resolution to do that by March 1st, but 14 Republican representatives voted no, including Joseph Chapman who called the K-12 school funding system broken. I want to stop the waste and the loss of funds that are occurring. We have plenty of examples throughout these districts in our state. Money that's lost, unaccounted for. Restructure how superintendents are paid, eliminating this contract employment where they're guaranteed money even if they fail. The resolution still needs to pass the state Senate, where it'll take 20 votes to override the limit. Bridget Dowd, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Meanwhile, a group of GOP lawmakers are asking a judge to allow them to defend an Arizona law that bans physicians from performing abortions because of genetic abnormalities. From the Fronteras desk in Tucson, Elisa Resnick reports the law was ruled enforceable by a federal judge in January. The law consists of two parts. The first criminalizes doctors who knowingly perform abortions for genetic abnormalities. The other defines unborn fetuses as citizens with rights. The legality of that section is still being litigated. Meanwhile, newly elected Attorney General Chris Mays has said her office will fight for a woman's right to an abortion. In a court filing this month, GOP leaders asked to intervene in the case to defend the law, arguing that Mays would not. Elisa Resnick, KJZZ News, Tucson. The mayor of Mesa thinks the city's $63 million investment to bring ASU downtown is paying off. From the business desk, Christina Estes reports. During his State of the City address Tuesday, Mayor John Giles called the school's Media and Immersive Experience Center, known as MIX, a catalyst for the downtown arts and innovation district. When the MIX Center opened last fall, so did a two-acre plaza for community events. Giles said the area keeps attracting restaurants and housing. Downtown Mesa has 1,000 units on track to be completed this year and another 1,800 in planning. The overall private investment in our downtown since 2020 is over $600 million. He said construction should begin this year on a new city hall downtown and a former post office will be renovated and used for events and meetings. Christina Estes, KJZZ News, Phoenix. 
Autumn Lockwood will become the first black woman to coach a Super Bowl this Sunday. She is an assistant performance coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Scott Brooks is director of the Global Sports Institute at Arizona State. He says considering the NFL's impact, it needs to expand its reach. Football is one of the most American things. It's our biggest sport. It's, you know, it's a huge industry and it touches everyone. And so no one should be left out of that. Brooks says he looks forward to seeing more women involved in the NFL with Lockwood's presence on the sidelines helping expand those opportunities. More than 40 conservation groups gathered at the state capitol for Environmental Day on Tuesday. Among the speakers were members of the Arizona legislature. Ron Dungan has more. The groups would like the legislature to address issues such as climate change, water, and funding for parks. But lawmakers say that bills that take up those issues sometimes don't even make it out of committee in the legislature, where Republicans hold a narrow majority. Stephanie Stahl-Hamilton said she would like to see more action on climate change, which is fueling the crisis on the Colorado River. The fact of the matter is, Arizona is ground zero for the climate crisis, and there's nothing that illustrates this better than the rapidly declining water levels in Lake Mead and Lake Powell. Stahl Hamilton, a Democrat, says the number of extreme heat days is likely to increase dramatically over the next few decades. Ron Dungan, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Fewer than a quarter of Arizona children living in poverty are enrolled in Head Start programs. That's according to the National Institute for Early Education Research at Rutgers University. Kylie Barber is the Early Childhood Policy Director with Children's Action Alliance. Science has shown that Head Start programs better prepare children to enter school. Barber told KJZZ's The Show that Arizona should invest in early education programs so that children are not behind when they start school and need remedial help. Well, down in Mexico, violence in Sonora has claimed the life of another child. From the Fronteras de Escanera Murphy Woodhouse reports. On Sunday night, gunmen attacked a vehicle in Ciudad Obregón, killing two men in the long-standing violence hotspot in southern Sonora. A young girl was a passenger in the vehicle and later died of her wounds. Ingrid was reportedly just two years old. Sonoran authorities say that drug use and sales were at play in what they described as a targeted attack and denounced the danger the young girl had been put in. In December, a young boy was killed during an eruption of violence near the Sonoran border city of San Luis Rio Colorado. The Sonoran Citizen Security Committee sent out a tweet demanding justice for Ingrid's murder and shared that in 2022, 44 minors were murdered in the state. Murphy Woodhouse, KJZZ News, Hermosillo. A new House bill would require school districts and charter schools to provide firearm safety training to students in 6th through 12th grade. Parents would be able to opt out of having their children participate. Republican Representative Selena Bass is the bill sponsor, and she says the training is intended to prevent accidental deaths when kids come across guns in their homes or at a friend's home. This instruction does not cover topics such as firearms operations or hunting but rather the safe and unsafe handling of firearms and the appropriate response is taught by firearm safety experts. Republicans on the House Military Affairs and Public Safety Committee advanced the bill on a party-line vote. Late last week, a Maricopa County judge struck down Phoenix's clean zone around the NFL experience, calling the ordinance unconstitutional. Phoenix had tried to restrict the kind of signage that local property owners within the zone could put up by requiring approval from both the city and the NFL. The Goldwater Institute sued Phoenix after a property owner raised concerns over First Amendment rights. John Thorpe is an attorney with Goldwater. Every time there's an omega event like this, cities 
deny thousands of residents and small businesses uh, their rights and give this veto power to private companies. And a lot of the time these slip under the radar because it's, it's a very short time frame to challenge them in court. It, it can be hard to get a square ruling like this. Thorpe said the Goldwater Institute plans to challenge other such ordinances around the country. Well, some sports news, sports-related news at least, famed lefty Dodgers pitcher Fernando Valenzuela could soon have a major stadium named after him in his home state of Sonora. From the front terrace desk there, here's Murphy Woodhouse once again. Valenzuela was born in the small southern Sonora town of Echoaquila and went on to baseball superstardom with the Los Angeles Dodgers in the 1980s. That team recently retired his number 34 jersey. Sonoran Governor Alfonso Drazo says that Valenzuela is the only baseball player from the state deserving of the honor of having the Estadio Sonora named after him, and that a decree to that effect has already been made. Drazo says that Valenzuela himself has been invited to a renaming ceremony that he says will also serve as the close of this year's baseball season. Murphy Woodhouse, KJZZ News, Hermosillo. In sports basketball, things are looking up for the Suns, who got Devin Booker back from a groin injury, 35 points and 15 rebounds from DeAndre Ayton in a 116-112 win over the Nets in Brooklyn last night, a career high in points for Ayton, and 19 for Booker in his return, Phoenix's ninth win in 11 games. And today, the Suns and the WNBA's Mercury will officially introduce Matt Ishbia as the team's new principal owner after his $4 billion purchase of the teams from Robert Sarver was approved by the league's Board of Governors. And in hockey, the Coyotes are off until Friday. They'll travel to Chicago. And that does it for this Wednesday edition of KJZZ's Sun Up, Arizona's morning news podcast on this February the 8th. I'm Phil Latzman. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy the beautiful weather. And we'll see us again tomorrow.